know. So she's getting her hair done, and we walk in, and we're just talking to her, and she's getting her hair done, and, and, and man, all of a sudden, like, I just felt the manifest presence. I, I couldn't articulate exactly what it was, but I just felt like the manifest presence of God was in the room. I just so, and I always know the presence of the Lord. Whenever the presence of the Lord comes upon me or near me or I brush up against it, I begin to weep. And I, you'll know, you'll know if you're ever in the room with me and, you, and you'll know when, when I am experiencing the manifest presence because I'll take my coat and I'll hide myself. I'll literally create this closet where I'm like, oh, I, I got to get alone. I got to get away from all of you I got to be alone with him and and I felt that and I was just man and and as I experienced the manifest presence and I'm not saying she's special but she she just she had a tangible presence of the Lord upon her life and as I experienced that man I, could, I was just weeping I couldn't control I walked out and I was weeping and and, and Keith was weeping like what is going on and it was going on like that the manifest presence the glory I just experienced the glory of God on a person and so I want you to know the, the manifest presence of God. They didn't teach me this in, in Bible school. When I went to Bible school, they didn't, they didn't share any of this with me. I, I had to discover this for myself. I wish they would have told me what I'm telling you. I wish somebody would have told me what I'm telling you is that you can be saved and not carry the glory. And I'm going to show you. But you could be saved and not carry the glory. And who, when you see somebody who carries, when, if you want to become somebody who carries the glory, how many want to carry the glory, the manifest breath? Because the glory can do what your talent can't. Because the glory is his presence. So the glory, the manifest presence of God on your life will take you into rooms, protect you in places, carry you through trials, move you through circumstances like your ability cannot. Your money can't do it. Your status can't do it. Your success, you know, all of your accolades, the, 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 the initials after your name won't do what the glory of God will do on your life. So I want to encourage you to pursue the glory, the manifest, rather than just be saved and happy going to heaven, it'd be better if we all pursue, like, God, I want you to trust me with your presence. And that's what I want. That's my prayer today. As I, as I mature in faith, you know, glory upon glory, line upon line, as I, as I mature, I say, God, I want, I want to earn your trust to carry your presence. Trust is the currency. Trust is the thing. You see, salvation's free. You didn't have, there's nothing you can do that can earn salvation. Salvation, let me be clear, as I've come to know it, as the Bible teaches it, salvation is not just going to heaven, but the capacity to bring heaven. So I want, I, I, you know, like I, if I can ingrain that in, in, in believers, that's the one thing I would ingrain in believers. Like, come on, I need you to understand that it's not about, not about going there as much as it is about bringing it here. That's salvation. So, so if, it, you know, like we could, I guess we could close the, the book today and go home. But if just, just know that, that God didn't save you. If, if all salvation was, was about you going to heaven, that one day when you take your last breath, then let's all just say, hey, Jesus, let's go to heaven. 
Because if, if, if there is no ability to bring it here, what are we doing, man? Like, what are we? That's why, that's why the, the, the false theology, this heresy of, of cessation is a lie. To suggest that the church, the, the church ceased operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit when the apostles passed away is, is blasphemy. Why would God, the, then the church is done. What's the for, there's no force of righteousness in the pocket of the church. There's no ability in your pocket to push back the powers and principalities of darkness. So, so yes, of course salvation is the focus. And with salvation comes th- this, this power that, that belongs to the church. And it's not about going to heaven as as much as it is my kingdom come my will be done where on earth as it is in heaven this is jesus's prayer to his believers to say no it's not about you going there it's about you having the power to bring it here right i don't know where i was going with that i got sidetracked it's not about so so the the enormous difference between you can be saved, but not carry the glory. And the glory is what, and, and the currency, salvation's free. Just imagine that. It's free. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. Nothing you, no, 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 no. you couldn't pray long enough. You couldn't live holy enough. It's free. It's the free gift of God. But glory, it will cost you something. And here's where it becomes so challenging for the believer. Oh, glory, glory will cost you everything. And, and look at me, man, I'm with you. If you don't want to pay it, I'm with you. There was a time in my life where I could just be honest with you and say, I'm not willing to pay that price today. Not today. Not today. Not today, preacher. No. But the older I get, the more I realize, man, glory is worth it. It's worth it. His presence is worth it. There's nothing else worthy of your time, talent, your treasure, your beauty, your expression of him on the earth. There's nothing worth, there's nothing more worth you than his presence. His presence, man. I could just tell you, like, if you could carry his presence like you carry your clothes on you, you want that more. Then you want your selfish ambition and your carnal desires. See, glory will cost you pride. Your your way, glory. Like if you really want the presence, it will make you do things that are contrary to what you want here. Here, here, here. It will challenge his presence, will purge you of selfish ambition. His presence. He said, I, I'll, I'll visit you, but you, I don't trust you to carry me. I'll 
come and I'll, I'll dwell. I'll let my presence come into a room and, and, and sit on you for a while. But if, if you want to earn my glory, you, you see, you, you, I'm not sure I believe what you're saying yet. You're going to have to give me some more scriptures. Okay. Okay. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. Look at here. Look at here. Secret things belong to the Lord, but the things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. If you're going to carry the manifest presence of God, you will have to develop a relationship that is of secret with him. Secret. Uh, now let's go to Genesis eighteen seventeen. Look at what, look at, look at here. If God trusts you, he will allow you to carry his presence in a way that he doesn't others. And when he, when he trusts you, God will then begin to share with you things that he does not share with everybody else. This is biblical. Which means if you can earn the trust of God, you can know the secrets of God. I want to know the secrets of God. And to, to the one to whom God trusts, to that one, he reveals his secrets. You see, some of you know me, but then there are others who I trust. And to the one I trust, I share my secrets with that one. I share secrets with the people I trust. I can't keep a secret, guys. I, listen, man, I'm terrible. I want you to know, I, I get so excited when people tell me secrets that, and I have this, this thing in me where, where if you tell me something, I just think, I just believe that it's, especially if it's good news, you know, if it's good news, I'm just, I just, I think everyone should know. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel uh, in Lorraine, she got pregnant. Now, she had, she had been pregnant before, and she lost the baby, and so she was really cautious going in, and, and I have a really good, like, she's, they're close. They're, I mean, we're, we're, we're close, you know, and they're fam to me, and, and, and she, she, she told us, she said, we're pregnant again, but shh, we're keeping it a secret. And I was like, no, why did you tell me that? You should have just kept it a secret from me. I'm no good with this. I'm just no good. You don't, tr don't ever trust me with secrets because I'm going to. Did you know that Rachel's pregnant? Right? And I'm telling you, I was like, I turned around and I was like, 
but I didn't. I kept that secret inside of me. I don't know how long I had to. How long? How long before? It was 12 weeks. Oh, my gosh. Pat me on the back. 12 weeks. I held that secret inside of me. And I'm telling you, when I would see people, I'd be like, hey. I wanted to tell everybody. Rachel's pregnant. For 12 weeks, I held it. And you want to know why? Because I loved her. Because I love her. And rather than break her trust, because she shared her secret with me, I said, no, I will not let the secret you shared with me, because I don't want you to not trust me. My love for you is so great that I, that I hold in my heart the secret between us. Now, let me ask you, do you have any secrets between you and God? Because there are the people in the Bible who carried the presence. God trusted them to carry his secrets. Here we are in Genesis. We see it now. And he says, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? You know, if God trusts you, he won't hide anything from you. He'll reveal it to you. He said, I can't hide. Why? Because I trust Abraham. Look at this one. Look at this one in Amos 3.7. Surely the Lord does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his prophets. So there are people who know the secrets of God. And there are people who know God, met God, but don't know the secrets of God. You see this? And look at what Luke 8, verse 10 says. To you, this has been in my spirit for almost two years. To you, it has been given to know the mystery, secrets. Jesus is telling his disciples, to you it has been granted, gifted to know the secrets of the kingdom. But to the rest, it's parables. To the rest, they are oblivious. But to you, church, I want, he's saying, to you, disciples, my friends, I want to reveal the secrets to you and with you. But, but I can't reveal them to those I do not trust. Trust is the currency that permits the Christian to carry the glory of God. You want to know why it's so rare? Because so few are willing to pay the price to earn the trust. I want, God, I want to earn the trust of you. I want to earn the trust to carry your presence and not abuse your presence for me. Not manipulate your presence to benefit me, but to use your presence to, to liberate them. I know this about, about those who carry the glory. As you study the Bible, what you'll see is those who carried the glory, they, they often mostly used the presence to liberate God's people. It was a force of liberation used. So I want to know the secret of God. 
Now go with Matthew. Go with me to Matthew 6, verse 1. There are six, there are, in Matthew 6, verse 1, there are three secrets. I'm going to share them with you. I'm going to, I'm going to gloss over them, but I challenge you, don't trust anything a preacher ever says to you. We tell lies. <laughs> you said, what? Yeah, there's a little boy. There's a story of a little boy. His grandpa was a great preacher, you know, and every Sunday he'd get up and he'd, you know, he'd just be up there preaching, you know, and, and, the, and one Sunday he's up there preaching and he's, he's got this amazing testimony he's sharing, you know, somebody was raised from the dead or something and they're, they're at home later and he's with his grandpa and he said, grandpa, is that story true or were you just preaching? Sometimes preachers embellish a little bit. So I don't want you to trust me. Don't trust a thing I'm saying. I want you to go and verify whether or not what I'm telling you is true. If you don't think that what I'm saying to you today is true, just go back and read your Bible. I promise you that what you will see in the Bible is exactly what I'm sharing with you today. Matthew 6, verse 1. Matthew 6, verse 1. There are three secrets here where, where Jesus reveals to him. It says, when you, the first one is when you give. Take heed to that when you give, not if you give, huh? that's very challenging. So for the believer, giving is just a part of our, our, our nature. As we become, Christ gave, we give. It's part of our nature, so we give. So when you give, he says this thing here. He says, when you give, make sure you don't do it to earn the reward of people. This is what I was talking about earlier with the, with the worship team. When you give, not if you, sh- not if you should give, but when, when you give, you do it in what? You do it in secret. Your giving is nobody else's business, but Jesus. Jesus is the only one. So when you give, just tell your neighbor, don't look at me. It's not your business, man. Don't look at what I'm giving. Only Jesus can know what I'm giving. And Jesus knows, right? So when you give, don't give so everyone can see it. Don't broadcast it. Don't virtue signal with it. Don't take pictures of it. Don't go to Haiti and be like, look it, I'm giving all of this food to all of these poor people. Take a picture. Take a picture. All right, put that on Instagram. That's baller right there. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, look, look. I went out today and I, I fed people. I went out. And it's Thanksgiving, so take pictures of everybody. When you give, don't do it so others can see it. He said, do it, when you do it, do it in secret. And your father who sees in, I want you to know your father sees secrets. Your father who sees in secrets will give you the reward of what takes place in secret. So when you give, give from, now, now know this, there is a reward when you give it, when you give it openly and you say, take a picture of me giving to Kevin. Give me a picture of Kevin. Kevin. What's up? This is me. Take a picture. There is a reward from, from the world that, that will come to you. If you do that, if you expose yourself, there's a reward. And there's a reward. Just as real as the reward of the world, there's a reward from your father. That when you give in secret, your father who sees in secret, well, now watch this, he will reward you from the secret in the open place. 
He said, I'm not going, I'm not going to expose you, you giving in public. I'm going to, I'm going to expose, what I'm going to do is expose your reward publicly. And if you want the reward of eternal, if you want the eternal reward of public, of public giving, then you must covet the secret place with the Lord. Because there is a reward. So you can have the reward of the world. Or you can have the reward of your father, but you cannot have both. Nowhere in the scripture here, Jesus makes it clear. It's one or the other. But you cannot manipulate and say, I want both, man. I want to be Instagram famous and Jesus famous. I, I want all the world to know me and I want, I want Jesus to know me. And, and what's wrong with the church today is they've fallen in love with the love of this world. They want hearts. They want thumbs up. They want likes. They want all the accolades and the affirmations of the world. But we do not, we do not covet the, the secret place with our Father. We said, and I don't care if nobody likes me. I'm going to stand in the hard place and make the hard decision. I don't care what's popular, popular politically. I'm going to stand in the place with God and say, if all this world falls away, he is pleased with me I've been in the secret place and I know him and I know he loves me and he's proud of me that comes from a secret place secret so when you give he said there's a reward there's a reward in the in the public space for giving from the private place then he said when you once again you have to read this on your own because I'm just when you pray When you pray, this, this right here, church needs to hear this. When you pray, he says, he said, there's something very, very peculiar. He said, when you pray, go into your secret. Come on, talk to me. When you pray, go into your secret place. So that tells me they're, they're, they're not if you pray, but there's in the, in the believer's life, there must be a place of prayer. There must be a room, uh, uh, not a platform, not, a, not an altar, not a public square, but a place, a, a place where you go, where only he exists. And he says, now, now, now watch this. When you go into that room with him, you, you've carved it out and you said, that, that is where I'm going to meet. I'm going down right there. And when you go in, you got to, he says, close the door. Jesus is the door. And he's telling his, he's telling his bride today. This is the word of the Lord. He's telling his bride today. It's time to close the door. It's time to get in and close the door. It's just it's a word for the church. Church said, he's saying, church, get into the secret place. Get off of the, uh, off of the public space. And I'm so tired of, of Facebook. I'm so weary with Instagram. I'm so I'm miserably exhausted with all of this world. Just, just, it's time for the church to just get itself isolated and, and, and withdrawn away from the world and into a secret place and close the door behind you and never open it again. Don't ever come out of the secret place. Close the door. Somebody say, close the door. It's time to close the door. 
He said, close the door when you get into that secret place. And when you're in that secret place, your father who sees you in the secret place of Jesus, he said, your father who sees you in the secret hiding place like Moses in the cleft of the rock, he said, when you hide yourself in Christ, I will reward your prayers in the open. Once again, you can have, you can, you can broadcast it, you can, you can virtue signal all you want, and you can have the reward of it. And the re- it's, a, it's a pathetic reward, too. It's just a pathetic reward. And you can have it, but, but, or you can have the reward of heaven. And the reward of heaven comes openly. See, the reward comes openly. He said, I'm going to reward your secret place prayers. I'm going to let everybody see the reality of what's in your heart on the open stage. We think it's a secret. We think we can hide, mask, pretend, but we can't. We can't because God said, I reward you openly for what you did secretly. What you asked for, everyone can see. I reward you there. We can have it. We can have the reward of heaven or we can have the reward of our Father. We can't have both. We can't have both. Then he said, when you, what did he say? Fast. Three, three, there were three secrets here he's revealing. He says, when you fast, not if you fast. Like, oh my goodness, this is, oh, come on, Jesus, this is hard. I told you this one's challenging. This one's challenging. When you fast, and let me be very clear with the church today, all right? Fasting is nothing, it is Fasting is food, y'all. I don't care. Don't tell me. When you, if, I, if we call a fast, don't ask me what we're fasting. We're fasting food. <laughs> like everybody wants to fast. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast social media. Well, aren't you something? That, I mean, oh, good. Wow. I mean, that, that's going to hurt. No, we know, we know what food does for us. Like, let's not mix it up here. Jesus, Jesus, now there's a secret. I'm going to I'm say this. There is a secret of healing hidden in fasting. Wouldn't it be just like Jesus to say, yes, by my stripes, you are healed. He said, when you fast, don't. Don't virtue signal. I haven't eaten a meal. I'm so famished in, in 24 hours. I haven't had a cracker, you know, in 24 hours. How, how, long, did Jesus, how long did Jesus fast? 40 days. That tells me, that tells me uh, one of two things. We, we are, so, so then we can eat, we can go without food for 40 days. Jesus went without food for 40 days. So that tells me that either food, we are conditioned to eat food, or we are addicted to eat food. I told you this is going to sting a little bit, man. It stings me, right? Because if Jesus said you don't need to, who told us to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Who told us to eat like that? And who told us? Who, you know, 
Like, I, don't, I know you can't trust science anymore. I get it. I get it. I, you cannot trust it. Like, I, I, you know, we need born-again believers that are scientists today because you can't trust them. But, but I, I have, I've, I've tested this science, by the way. Uh, there's this thing now called intermittent fasting. How many have tried it? Have done, yeah, you know, intermittent fasting is like you go for, like, extended periods of time and you don't eat. You fast. Breakfast, you fast. You break the fast. You, so you fast. Um, but we know that if Jesus fasted for 40 days and, and food is fasting, then, then what are we eating when we fast? We eat the word. Man shall not live by, but by every word of God. Uh, so, so, so when we fast, we don't eat what's here. We then eat what's there. And so when we fast, we, we starve ourselves of this and we feed ourselves this. And Jesus said, by my stripes, you are healed. Now, this study says, suggests that after 15 hours of starving yourself, something miraculous takes place at a cellular level. Yeah, your cells go into some like... They go into survival mode and they start kicking out every cell that's not like beneficial to the to the uh, like survival uh, of the body, right? So they start kicking out. At 19 hours, your body gets militant. This is what studies show. At 19 hours, your body gets real aggressive. It starts kicking out cancer tumors. It starts killing out every malignant tumor in your body, every dysfunctional cell in your body. It starts throwing it out. It starts, it's, your body starts eliminating it through not eating. Not eating the right things, but not eating anything. But, but, but when we fast, we, we don't just not eat this. We eat the word. We take the living word of God. Who's got paper? Let me see. We take this right here. This is what we take. We eat this. So when we, the next time we call for a fast, just know we're going to not eat food and we're going to eat this. So every time you get hungry, you go here and you, get, you eat this. And, and, and wouldn't it be just like Jesus? He said, when you fast. He didn't say whether you should fast. He said, when you fast, go into your secret place and I'm going to feed you from the secret place. I'll, I'll sustain you from the secret place. And then I'm going to reward you in the open place. And wouldn't it be just like Jesus to hide the healing virtue of his word? from the secret place and give it to the believer in the open place as a testimony of his goodness and his provision. There is a reward, he said. And I want to tell you, you say, okay, well, what's the reward? What, what is the reward? The reward is not a bigger car. I repent for the, for the times where we made it about bigger cars or expensive things or money or homes or you know what he it's not it's not monetary the reward is not monetary look at me lean into me just lean in like lean forward just an inch yeah. the reward is jesus that's it let's go home <laughs> that's the reward but the reward of jesus for everyone to see Oh, that's different, Troy. That's different. You're telling me that, that, that if I'll live a secret life, 
with Jesus. If I, and, and the secret life you live with Jesus earns you the right to wear his presence. You steward his presence. He said, I've, you've earned the right to carry my secret presence with you. And, and now you can carry it. And I will let everybody, I will come upon you and everybody will know, don't you touch my anointed. Don't talk to them wrong. Don't touch them wrong. Don't look at them wrong. Don't think about them wrong. Why? Because the glory of God is on them. When they came against Moses, they came against Moses. Miriam came against Moses. The glory of God. Moses carried what? The glory of God. He, he was in the secret place. Nobody else there but him. Up top of the mountain, dark cloud, ascend in. Nobody else there but him. He comes down, glory upon him. They tried to attack him. What did God do? God said, no, no, I'll, I'll strike you with leprosy. He struck them with leprosy. He's like, he, the glory of God will come upon you in such a tangible way that, that every power and principality of darkness will know they carry the manifest presence of God. They, have, they carry the reward of heaven upon their life. It's not free. It'll cost you. It'll cost you everything. So really quick, as I, as I close, there, there, there's a reward of privacy with God. And I want to tell you, secrets are whispered. They're not shouted. Secrets are always whispered. If I'm going to reveal a secret to you, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to come close. I'm going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to look at you, and I'm going to, I got to say something to her. I got to tell her a secret. I got to tell her a secret. I got to tell her a secret, Lo. You got to move. Jesus loves you, and he's blessing you, and he's taking you. Secrets are always whispered. And secrets are none of their business. But in order to, in order to communicate a secret, if you, want, if you want to know the secret of God, you got to get close. You, you got to get, you, I mean, you, you got to lean in. You got, you, you got to go. You got to be willing to, to push past everybody else to, to the, the uncomfortable, awkward. You got to say, God, I don't care about none of these people. I care about, and I'm, I'm here for you, God. I'm, I'm, I come to the altar for you. I don't care about them. I don't care about them. I'm here. I'm pushing in. I'm, I want to get close to you, God. I want to lean upon your breath. I want to hear the secrets, and I want you to whisper to me. Secrets are always whispered, so you got to close the distance. You got to get close. That, that means you must pursue intimacy with Jesus. It must be your highest priority. Secondly, secrets are not cheap and they're not easy and they are not convenient. I just, I just have to say this. Like, like I'm so done. I'm, I, I, I'm so done, man. I'm so done with this. Like, I'm so done with that. I'm so done. I'm so done with Instagram and Facebook. It, you know what it is? It's cheap, man. It's cheap. It's cheap. It's garbage. It's garbage. Because here's what I know. If you and I get hungry enough, we've cheapened the gospel. We've cheapened the presence of God, and we've made it so convenient. We're begging people to come to events. Oh, come, come to the Fearless Conference. Ladies, it's going to be amazing. We got carnivals and, and we got biscuits and we got, and we got flowers. And I'm telling you, that I, I mean, you, 
know, there's going to be somebody famous there too. Famous people are going to be there. You should come. It's going to be so, you don't want to miss it. Buy your tickets today. If you'll raise your hands now, we can get you your tickets now. We, we, we try to manipulate and, and, and we're trying to like, you know, get, you should buy this ticket. Oh, you should come to the Courage Conference Company event. Hey guys, we're gathering on October 6th and 7th. It's going to be the greatest event ever. Hulk Hogan's going to be there. He should come. He's going to be there. And he's going to be signing autographs and you should come and get your autograph with Hulk Hogan, man. He's a Hulkamaniac. You can be too. Like we do every, we cheapen. It's, it's so cheap, man. I'm so done with it. I'm so disgusted with it. I'm so finished. Like, forget the lights, forget the stuff, forget it all. You know, you know, I've been to places where none of that stuff exists, and I've experienced the glory of God like I've never experienced it in America. I walked into a hut in Africa where about 30 or 40 uh, uh, little children were praying, and we heard the sound as we approached. We heard the sound of their prayers. I said, what is that? And we thought we were going to pray for them, like, oh, we're going to go pray for the poor little children. And when we walked into this room, I'm telling you, the glory of God was so intense. I opened the door. I fell down on my face. I'm not kidding you. I fell down on my face. Tears began to fall down my face. In the corner was a little boy beating on a drum with all and tears running down his face. And they had been doing this for 24 hours straight. No lights, no smoke machines, no cameras, no screens, no, no, none of it, none of it. You know what they had? Glory. They had the glory. And I want to tell you today, man, let's turn them off. Turn off the Instagram. Shut them down. Turn the cameras off. If you want Jesus, find out when we meet and come here and get them for yourself. But I'm so tired of making it so cheap and so easy and so convenient for a generation. If we get hungry enough, if we get broken enough, if we get starved enough, we will come looking for the only true and living God. His name is Jesus. And I'm telling you, I don't say this, be, I don't say this arrogantly. I say this because we're cheapening the glory of God. We've, we've done exactly what the world has done. And Jesus said, if you do what the world does, you'll get what the world gets. If you want to do what heaven demands, then you'll get what heaven brings. So I'm like, turn them all off, man. Shut them down. Who cares? Let's go back to the days where we gather and there's nothing but, but a word in the belly of a preacher, not a titled person, not titles. Who cares about titles? You know what? Don't call, don't call me pastor. I don't care what you call me. Don't call me. I'm a disciple. I'm here to grow in Jesus. I don't care. I don't care about accolades. I don't care about this world. All I care about is his presence. You know, I grew up on his presence. I just grew up on his presence, man. And I didn't realize until I got a little older. But, you know, I remember back in the day, we used to do this thing called potter's wheel. Everybody remember Potter's Wheel? Back when they used to have church for, for the students, and I, I served there. Then we had church before we had church. Then we had church again. Then we had church again. And then we went home and, and had church at home, too. So we started off in Potter's Wheel, and we wouldn't stop until his presence filled the room. We would pray until his presence filled the room. And then, and then we'd go into the room, and I kid you not, and we would sing until his presence filled the room. Pastor Greg, this dude... He would not. He just would not preach, man. He still does it to this day. And I'm telling you, this is a secret to his, to his, to God's success through him. It, it, he still does it to this day. I go to his church every time I'm in Florida, and I'm telling you, this dude will, he will just like, nope, sing again. 
Nope, sing another song. Nope, Jesus ain't here yet. Nope, nope, keep singing till it's present. And you'll be an hour in. No sermon on the horizon yet, man. Like, I see a, I think I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Can we preach the sermon yet? Because there's chicken at home. Nope, he, ha- he is undeterred by anything. All he wanted was the present. Then when he felt the presence, he would get up in front of all these kids. And these are kids. He would do this with kids. He did it with me in the room. And I was impacted by it. Then he'd stand up and he'd preach a sermon. And his sermons... There will be some, some Wednesdays where he would preach these sermons. God bless you, Greg. I love you. He would preach these sermons, man. And they'd be dry. There'd be nothing in them at the beginning. And he, he just would not quit. He done no shame in his game. He's like, I'm going to keep on preaching until Jesus comes upon my words tangibly. Until he manifests in the room through the word. And he would preach for an hour again. He preached. And then when the word, when he'd feel the presence on his word, he'd be like, all right, it's an altar call now. And then we'd be in an altar call for another hour. You'd be in an altar call. And then presence would come in the altar call and then we'd be done with that and we'd go to his house and we'd, we'd be eating chicken and then we'd, another, we'd break out again we'd be down in the basement praying again till the presence came we'd be up till like 4 in the morning it wasn't cheap it cost you sleep Man, you were tired the next day. Like, man, Jesus, you remember? That was crazy what Jesus did last night, man. That was wild, man. Remember? But words were given like it was crazy presence will do presence will grow you it'll keep you it'll pull you through I close with this I promise this is it I'm closing I I want us to be a church whom God can trust I just want to trust us his presence. We're so, we're so gluttonous for power that we surrender presence for power. We do. We fight with each other over it. We strive in our hearts towards one another. So God, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. I don't care. Just bring your presence. Just don't let us lose your presence. Your presence, God. You see, the early church, there are all these signs. When his presence comes into a room, there are all these signs, right? Biblically, right? Wind. That'd be wind. In the early church, wind would fill the room. Smoke. Smoke would come in fire tongues of fire there are all these signs when, when, when the presence of God comes in we know it when he comes in but I want to warn us when he leaves he just quietly packs up his things he just packs up his things Samson, strongest man, had the glory of God on his life. So powerful. He was so powerful. And the story of Samson is a, is a story of caution. To say, like, do not take 
the presence of God for granted. Do not assume. Just stay right there. Just stay right there. Do not assume that because he was with you yesterday, that he's with you now. And I want to caution us. Every believer, look at me. Look, look into me. Look, look. Do not lay your head in the lap of Delilah. And take the secret of God that he has given to you and surrender it to her. She is no good. This, she is this world and she will betray you. She will steal everything virtuous and good. And what is happening in America today is she's laid her head in the lap of Delilah and she surrendered her secrets of her God. And it said, they came and they got him and he rose up like he was strong and did not know. Had no clue that God walked out the door. So I caution us. That secret of God, that trust of God with you, it's the only thing worth your life. That secret of God it's the only thing worthy of your love and devotion. Your spouse isn't worth it. Your children aren't worth it. If you get the manifest presence of God on your life, your spouse will come. Your children will come. But if you lay your head down on the lap of Delilah and you betray the secret and you breach the trust, He'll leave you empty, bankrupt, broken. But his grace is so amazing. It says that Samson's hair began to grow again. He said, God, give me one more chance. Give me one more chance. And I pray that's your prayer today. He said, God, let me get this thing. I hear you, God. I don't just want to be saved. I, I, I don't want to be empty of, of your presence. I, I, I got it, God. I want your presence more than I want anything else. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this room. Come on, just between you and God. Just make a covenant right now. Just say, God, I, I want you to trust me. I want to earn your trust. I want to keep you. I want to be a keeper of the secrets of heaven. I want to carry your manifest presence for my generation, for my family, for my city, for my school, for this nation. I want to be the one who carries your presence and I will not lay my head in the lap of Delilah. I will keep the secret you gave to me because I love you. You love me so much that you gave your life for me so I pray over you right now the glory of God to come upon you like Samson and to never leave you presence of God come upon mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers 
sons and daughters. Like never before, let church on the north coast and every church in this region, God, make your presence their priority. We love you, God. For many of us, this is a returning moment to where we say, I will not sell my secret for a bowl of soup. No, God, your presence, your presence alone. I thank you for it. Now, Jesus, they're watching, you're here today. You've never given your heart to Christ. Pray this prayer. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me my sin. Come into my heart. Make me brand new. Take my life. Change this world. Right? Love everybody. Pray hard. Thank you for coming today. I love you. I love you. God bless you.